0: Hi everyone, this is ESPN alum Bob Picosi, and you are locked in to Locked Up Sports. Can't wait. When it comes to talking sports, they're the authority. It's Bob Walters and Brett Grasso. It's Locked Up Sports, and it starts now. Bring them out, bring them out. Hey! Bring them out, bring them out.
1: Bring them out, bring them out. Hey! Bring them out.
0: Here we go! Bob Walters, Greg Rosso, from the Brian Gunsel Studios, this is Locked Up Sports. We got a big one today. Mets stumble in Chicago after a big homestand. The Yankees drop two of three to Baltimore on the heat and trouble after getting blown out in Boston in Game 5. Aaron Rodgers injured, and we speak to NBC News correspondent Kevin Tibbles in a little while about the Maple Leafs, and he covered five Olympics. Brad, happy Memorial Day weekend. The summer is here. Oh, about time. About, about time. No, yo. not about time. We had no winter. It skipped winter. We did not skip winter. Uh, no, we skipped winter. It was like it was you're great. right. We skipped the snow. I'll, go, I'll give you that. But it's always you know just a miserable New York. winter. I hate the winter. I love the summer. Yeah, because, I, mean, I love the spring because you're heading uphill. Everyone's like everyone's like oh the fall the fall no no With the, no because the, the, fall, you heading downhill well, into, we don't into get winter. the same
2: springs we go from like it just really started getting nice out but it's going to go right into like 100 degrees in the next few weeks. Which listen, I'm all for it. I love the summer uh, baseball. It's baseball weather, or it's like the teams start heating up. Like I think the Mets and Yankees will start heating up as the weather heats up, um, and I think it's going to be. A, I thought we all thought it was going to be like these teams are going to coast to some um, you know playoff runs and have a nice easy run. It's going to be a fight for both of these teams this summer. Yeah,
0: I think everyone. I think everyone overestimated the NL East with the, the Braves, the Mets, and the Phillies. The yeah. three team race is going to yeah. be a big race. You know what it looks like? It's the Braves. It's the Braves division I, to lose. The Mets are struggling. Mets are kind of spinning their wheels. And the Phillies are struggling you know, pretty big time down in, in fourth place, third, fourth place. And the Mets, listen, but after the, last week, they had such a good five-game win streak, late-inning home runs. I said it wasn't sustainable the way they were winning because the bullpen stinks. No, because
2: if you look at those games, they were losing or behind in those games. Had, Do you know what I mean? It wasn't like they went out and won a whole bunch of games where they just blew other
0: teams out. No, the Mets had no business winning three out of the five yes, games, basically, exactly. is how it went. And yeah. Adevino stinks. The bullpen stinks. Robertson is good. We thought the problem was going to be the closer position because Diaz went down. It hasn't been the problem. Robertson stinks. Is getting to the closer position. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, not no, Robertson. No, no. Adevino stinks. Yeah. Yeah. Auto- watching the-
2: Adevino to Sanchez must give Yankees fans uh-huh. nightmares.
0: And then the Mets go to they go to Chicago, who's not a really good team. They're six games under five hundred, and they lose two out of three. Now the Yankees lost two out of three to Baltimore. We'll get to that in a minute. But the Mets lose two out of three. Game one, right after a five-game win streak on the road, Buck puts out like a punt lineup. I hate that. Like he just he us lo- punt game one. Their kids play. E- Listen,
2: I, I Every really day. hate it. I hate it. You, we talked about this last week. You can't play it like you're up like you did last year when you were up by this many games. And no, we look even like showed happened what happened when they to them. Did, Yeah, we even showed, But even then, like I can kind of understand the philosophy. But like, we're in a fight to go try and make these playoffs this year. There's not a point where we're gonna go and be like, okay, we're gonna be in there. I have no
0: idea what he's thinking not playing these games. No, and I'm starting to and I'm starting to think that maybe they're this team and not the team that won the five games. I mean they went on you know, they went on a home run barrage, late inning, dramatic home runs for, for a week. But right before that they were six and sixteen stretch. Now they go and they lose two out of three out in Wrigley. They got a couple big series coming up. You can't keep spinning your wheels at 500. Are they just a 500 team? I, I honestly they have all the trademarks the, of it but the other end
2: as you said like the Braves are running away with it they're just not, they're not they, they did early. early they did early but and the, they haven't no the Braves have come back down to earth. now you, if you look at it the Braves and Mets have been 500 ball clubs the last 3 weeks yeah but the brave but the Braves are, are, are decisively the, the best team in the division might you, you can not see it but it, no but if you look at what's going on i mean the, the Braves have pretty much played you know Mets and Braves have been like what 6 and 4ish over the last 10 and like <laughs> so probably the same concept are you over there
0: <laughs> I'm looking at nothing I'm Right, <laughs> I, actually, I actually wasn't. I actually exactly. Wasn't. Okay. So I mean, yeah, the Mets and Braves are six and four in their last ten. You're right. But I was saying, even
2: beyond that. The Braves went so hot so early, and we're playing such good ball that they're honestly more of a 500 ball club the last three weeks. And you are who you are recently. You're not who you are like the Yankees proved last year. It's not who you are in the first half. It's how you get to that result. Is can be in
0: different ways. We have what a little over 100 ball games. Yeah, left? yeah. And listen, and they're five and a half out. But three weeks ago they were nine and a half out. But, and you know they're like trying to keep the team. See, you're
2: you're thinking of how it's been this whole year, but right now, don't forget. The last two weeks, you know what happens the next two days, right? You get Scherzer, you get Verlander, and then you can even go with McGill. I'll give you even having McGill in there is, you know, uh, two out of three. Okay, two, two three. out of three. <laughs> in, in terms of like he had two out of three good starts. No, two, two out of three good starts out of McGill. And same thing with Senga. What's going on with him? You get 12 strikeouts one game where the guy's pitching eight innings. And then you're getting him lit up and not being able to keep the ball in the zone.
0: Well, that's what I'm saying. There, that's what a 500 team does. It is a bad carry, but that's right. You're right. Streaky hitters and, and so so inconsistent starting pitching, yeah. and that's what they've gotten. Well, when you let when you let guys who
2: don't even swing the bat or attempt to swing the bat like Vogelbach in, or yeah, bringing guys like Sanchez to eat up at bats just so we don't lose him, just to drop him back down to the minors when you have guys like Alvarez
0: who are hitting a home run out of every one out of every fifteen at bats. Listen, I've been telling you, Vogelbach. Is no good for now. Almost a year, and he's okay. I can live with Vogelback on the bench, but you can't start him in any of these games. Like have him, have him pinch hit, and then you take him out for a pinch runner if he gets on. You have to pick your guy. It's you can't be Vogelback, Fam, Canna,
2: and sitting there and, and just being Fam Fam oh, has got to go. Listen, well, Fam is right? a little speed. But you can't keep them all. And I understand. You even like, listen. Right now, it's actually about, and they're kind of setting it
0: up where they're trying to make room for Ronnie Mauricio. Is he will be up this year and what sucked was what sucked even worse about the, the Cubs series is they go in there they lose the first game then the second game you got uh, Stroman that pitching was, that
2: was so painful and, like, like, and they so got to um, they were on the edge they had him and he, they grounded into the double plays they had well, him well that's what he did Listen, he got he had all, all the balls
0: on the ground he gave up like one run right through like eight innings and then when he came off the field he did this whole dog um, and pony act showing up the whole team after the eighth inning and then the Mets had somebody say something but they didn't put their name to it No. Nope. So I mean, it, come on! What, like, what, what do we do, Strowman? First of all, you guys no, know, you know what? No no no. The, no,
2: no, no, I'm sick of the Mets not getting hits versus a guy like Stroman. You, you, he can go and say whatever he wants, and I'm not, I'm not happy about it. Nobody likes it, but you know what? Hit the guy, giving yeah, him dancing Get, off the field there's, there's, and everything. All the guys left in scoring position dancing off the field. Get one hit, and he cries off that field.
0: Yeah, he's. You it, gotta
2: listen. make him cry off that field. You want to ruin a guy's season and jump up your ball club? Go hit up the guy who everybody else hit when he was on. You know, listen, he played pretty. good good for us when he was there. But it's yeah, all that extra all right. stuff. He it's all, all right. the extra no, he stuff. He, he's always causing trouble. He's he's more talk than he is good. We'll put it that way. He, he elevates himself by talking, not by pitching. He's a lightning rod.
0: for. He's always on social oh, media yes. causing trouble. This guy's a racist. But, this is racist. And I, hated, a, I
2: hated watching the Mets lose to him more than I've hated any loss this year. Let me tell you, it was the most painful one when I saw that ground ball where all they needed was a base hit to ruin his outing. I don't even care if the Mets end up losing that game. If the Mets just get that hit, tie the ball game, come on back. Guess what? I just needed Strowman to walk off yeah. upset, and, and he walks off the way he did. Yeah, I, am, <laughs> I was and so And you can't mad. lose
0: two out of three in, in Chicago. I mean, Chicago's uh, not a great team, and... Thank God they got last night. Last night they blew it up. They could have, They had with what's his face pitching with Carrasco pitching. You never know what you're going to get. Somehow well, he came one. out and pitched a good game. It's inconsistency with the Mets. Well, he he's got a you know he's just still coming off of his injury. So I, I we don't know who Carrasco is going to be
2: for a couple more okay. weeks. But I will take that. I didn't think we were getting any positive starts out of. Him. Well, let's see what we get uh, now. Did you think you were going to start getting positive no, starts out no. of Carlos Carrasco and him going six in the third? <laughs> see what giving up on, one run? I put on
0: Facebook with my my daughter putting her hand yeah, on so, I mean no, like, I expected no. that to be. Asleep. No, so
2: we'll take this. This is what you need out of your fourth and fifth starters is a Carlos Carrasco
0: acting like the old Carlos Carrasco. He's not there yet. But but, but even even more importantly, let's see what happens now with the second. Let's see if the, if Scherzer and Verlander yes. can follow up their, their good no, performances.
2: We, no, they need to come through every single time. Scherzer mean they got robbed to, the other, I'm saying, of that I, other I, win. I mean, the Mets, these next two games have to be the other team scores less than three. Leather team score is less than four. I don't know what the bets are going to do because their offense is terrible right now. Yeah, I will give the you offense that. offense is always terrible. Well, that's not true. Last, well, that's that's that even entirely true. It's very, you look at Pete Alonso, his 19th home yes, run yes, last yes. night. You even look at Francisco Alvarez with and his Lindor's one out, coming out of every around. 15 at bat. He crushes one runs. into the wind at Wrigley. Lindor's that, it is very hard runs. to hit those balls out of Wrigley this time of year. In two months, that's the easiest home run in town. But right now, it's actually a hard home run. Well, I mean, and you got
0: Alvarez. Listen, and there's actually talk about them sending Alvarez down. No, which they, if they, send him, they solidified
2: listen. it with the Sanchez being thrown no, down. No, because
0: now Nito's going to come back, and I, then are, he, he's still not carrying three catches. No, they're not carrying uh, Alvarez. Two sixty-one, six home runs, thirteen RBIs. They will in like oh, in like oh, are, two weeks. They are setting it up to keep
2: him up here. I'm telling you, someone else will go down, I, and they hold three to. catchers, and it's going to be the okay. If Nito doesn't catch on in the few weeks, he will go.
0: So now the the um, the Yankees they were also kind of sneaking up on the Rays. The Mets gave them some help last weekend with the beating up on the raise. The Yankees really couldn't take advantage of it. They went in, they had Baltimore come into town. The team, Baltimore, oh the Yankees always kill Baltimore, right? They like oh, just always. You just expect that. Baltimore is a couple games ahead of the Yankees. They leave four games up on the Yankees now. They leave New York four games up. The Yankees. Cortez. Was involved in a controversial. He did, they pitched him into the seventh. A lot of people thought they should have took him out. The Yankees end up giving up what eight runs in that seventh inning. They lose game one. Then they lose. Then last night. Then two nights ago, they needed a huge comeback just to take to the middle game of the series. Then last night they lose again, three to one. And the Yankees are kind of yeah. they're playing better than the Mets, but they're floundering a bit too. Seven out of their last ten
2: judges. You know, right back into Judge. Like I wasn't sure after the injuries and how he would come back, and it looks like you know, if he can go on a tear, he'll carry this team anywhere they need to go. And the fact that as good as the Rays have been, and honestly as bad as the Yankees have been, just like the Mets, for them to hang on and be in the position they're in right now and starting to get hot where there's still enough games left, Yankees are going to be just fine. Yeah, but
0: the, the seven back—it's amazing that they're only seven back in the race. It's amazing to me that I, I was surprised when I looked. at like it was the race, Orioles, were only
2: three back. If it was a race to who wins the division, is the only team making the playoffs? I would be like, oh my god, the Yankees are in trouble. When you look at Cortez floundering, um, I'd be like, it, it's a little difficult because it's not that same team from last year. But knowing what I know now, with that. One, they're gonna go win some more ball games. They're not just competing for the division title. I do think the Rays are gonna cool off. I think midsummer. They cooled off a little bit. I know, but that's just, of course, anybody cools off a little bit. When but you're what perfect. about the
0: Orioles? The Orioles three games back. They came in. They yeah. played well this weekend. But that's the thing, is, sure you're gonna play,
2: the thing is you're going to play. you're going to play a lot of tough games. But so are the Orioles, and so are the Rays. So I really think it's going to be a much tighter race. And a team like the Yankees with the veteran experience, and someone like Judge, and you look at um, you know someone like Cole who's just you know having a great season. I truly believe. If they can, you know, if, if uh, Listen, you know what if, Aaron back, Boone, right if Aaron Boone can k- stay on the field and not get thrown yeah, out every a, game, he gets
0: thrown out. He's got he's gotten thrown out now yeah. more than like the last five years. He's been thrown out thirty times, I think, and it's more than any other manager. Do you want what kind of manager do you like, Bob? Do you
2: like an Aaron Boone that's like that, or you like a Buck who gets thrown out once in no, his entire I, career? I, I, I when like when you've had a hundred
0: terrible. Somewhere in the, somewhere in the middle, maybe. But like, I like more towards Boone because just because you like to see him out there fighting for you because you're you're sitting there and you're you're pulling your hair out if you think yeah. the call. Is, is going against your team, you want to see a guy get out there, like a uh, Bobby Valentine or even um you know Mets Bobby had a couple of, a Bobby Valentine yeah. get out there and you know he get this, forget his face. Boone, and they were talking about. It. He had to be restrained, and he's like, nothing was going to happen. They were, they asked him about it. They were like, you had to yeah, be he restrained. Little, he's like, I wasn't going to fight the guy, but You got a little out of. I'd rather, <laughs> I'd rather see that. You I
2: know. didn't see any of the words or what it was even about. I just saw he was arguing him with no. I was it's at work, like, and all I could look in the background is just seeing Boone rip into the guy, and I was like, oh, it went on. Okay, it kept going. <laughs> it kept
0: going. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I think most fans would rather see that, right? You'd rather yeah, see yeah, you your goddamn you fight because that's how you are. Do you think like Buck's just worried about going into like AFib or having some heart? Like you can't get that. I think he's just like a, he, he's just a. It's not his character to come out there and argue. Like sometimes you go out there just oh, to get thrown. A lot you, of times you, you get a coach that, that just does that. Can we get somebody in here that uh, has a little fire? What in are you going to send? out? you going to send out Yeah, just bench coach. No,
2: no, no. Send just me out there <laughs> for one reason, and just me like just get right in the guy's face, <laughs> tossed,
0: and like you're out of here. That's like having you're like, out of here, and like who are you? They're like you. That's like having a guy on the hockey team. That the only reason it's he's here is to go out there and get a penalty. That's it. Forget guy. I'm getting
2: a Mets jersey yet as enforcer. 100%. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> Brett, Brett, get out there. The go enforce. argue that call. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, look, and it doesn't get any easier for the Yankees. They got three games now, San Diego coming in. San Diego, big time, you know, they're a big market team now, right? With their hundred, two $200 million payroll. They're a good team. The Yankees can find themselves nine, ten games possibly out of first place. They're coming to, they're as they coming hit to Memorial New York. Day.
2: They're coming to New York.
0: Yeah, yeah, Yankee Stadium.
2: See, I, Yeah, well, it's a tough, you know. It's you got to win them. two out of three, right? You, you can't you, drop no, two no.
0: You, that's,
2: you want that team flying from the West Coast, coming to hang in New York all night. You know they're like, we know what y- restaurants were going <laughs> on. Yelp. <laughs> Memorial Day it's weekend. It's kind of like that South Beach feeling this time of year. Yeah, oh, yeah, nice, definitely. Yeah. No, there's Day a lot weekend. going on. You're not like showing up. you like, what would you do in New York this weekend? They're like, nothing. Well, they got like the Amazon game today that right. probably is, right? Now, the Yankees so need to win these games. Yeah, it's so going to be big crowds.
0: Big crowd, yeah, big of course. Nice. They're selling out a beautiful sure they
2: got fireworks. Perfect. Not like it's going to be perfect out. No. You got
0: two day games because you got the Saturday, Sunday day game, and then you got a, is it a four game series, one, two, three, three game series. And then they go. the Yankees go out to the West. They go to Seattle. Okay. So, the, All um, right. you know, West Coast. You,
2: you do have to get these games. Exactly. Then. Yeah, even more so. Yeah. Last
0: night, uh, when we left it, Couple nights ago, the Heat won three three zero. They were three zero. Now it's three two. They were lo- laughing at them. Eric
2: Spoelstra doesn't laugh. The guy was laughing because
0: game back. three, the Celtics quit. They yep. looked like they had no chance. They got blown out. Now the Celtics have come back. They've won games four. They won game five last night by they won by thirteen. But it wasn't even that close because they were up like twenty five no, yeah, at that some game, point. There was never a game. Are the are, are the Heat in trouble? I think so. You mean Jimmy Butler? I think all oh, the heat That's who, that's the Kyle heat. Lowry, the, the, Kevin Love. Yo, they bam, got bam, out of bio. It might, did the, the clock trouble. strike 12 after game three to, for, for the heat? You know, it's funny. Because it might have. And was a better team. See, the thing with
2: Boston is they needed to get their backs against the walls. So all of a sudden to show up and put some effort into the series, which is messed up on its own case. Like, you can't show up right from the beginning. So now all of a sudden that you see them talking, he goes, don't let us get one. Don't yeah, let that's us what they get. All say though. Nope. But after he goes, don't let us get to. Oh, and no, this one is, don't let us get game three. Let me tell you, right now, Boston thinks they can actually win it. I think that's the worst thing in the world for them. Yeah, just today, like, and Jimmy Butler is sitting there going, "Didn't think he was going to let two drop." I can tell you, he didn't. No, he's not going to let a
0: third one go. So you think the Heat? I think the Heat. I would pick the Heat game six, but this is it. This is game seven. I
2: think this is like we've talked about with all these NBA games where they've been one team wins by thirty, one or the other, and they're not even competitive. I think it's. I I hate to say it because I really do think it might be like a Heat by fifteen.
0: Okay, well, that's what Eric Spoelstra was saying. Yes, they have the game. He's saying, you know what? These games aren't intertwined. Okay, it's not. It's not yeah. momentum no, doesn't not carry into the it's next shooting.
2: Two hitting shots today
0: and last night the, the Celtics came out just knocking everything down. Smart was hitting threes from the court, wide open. There's usually from the a point. lot
2: more factors involved in all these series. Like, oh my God, if this guy gets involved or if they play, nope, this is like. Whichever team has the highest field goal percentage and is shooting today, well, they're both shooting. Like they're both shooting teams, yeah. and they're and they're streaky. Like they're hot and cold. Like, but a guy like typically the Celtics have been better because you can go here. You go Tatum's going to go off and have a day. Yeah, I mean, or you can say Marcus Smart's going to play some great defense, or Jalen Brown's going to go out on the other day and make up for it if Tatum's not. But let me tell you. They're going to run as Jimmy Butler runs. Uh,
0: well, I mean, he, t- t- Tatum's the best player, right, in the series. When he wants to be. He, or he doesn't touch the ball. Or, yeah, he's, he's very He, didn't, he, he didn't have a game
2: last night. He had, what, it's 21 points? 21 20, points. Yeah, 20, yeah, 20 points. Like, that's not a, what you, a 10 rebounds, and that's where Butler, he, he's Butler decided 14. that he's not shooting. But he's not being the offensive producer of you seeing Tatum's went into the rebounds and into other stuff where that's, I don't know what it is. He shied away. I mean, it's it's fascinating. A superstar was saying, "I'm the man." Did you see him after talking about how he's the greatest? I'm yeah, one of the yeah, greatest yeah.
0: players in the world. He shied away this entire series from touching the ball. Uh, you're talking about Tatum. Tatum, except well, I mean, last night he played all right. You know, he played. He was facilitating last night. But facilitate?
2: Believe... Did you hear what you just said about the? Uh, no, I'm, <laughs> did you hear? what? The, you can't facilitate. That's not. There's never a game where Jordan's like, "I'm just going to facilitate tonight." What are you doing? I don't know. What are you doing? Jordan made the it?
0: guys around them better, right? He, That's part of the thing with Jordan.
2: But he took control of it. It's just not—he is not facilitating. Tatum is in the corner, standing, going, "Oh, I'm not involved in this possession.
0: This isn't my play." Now, the the Denver is sitting in the NBA Finals, waiting for the winner of this series. They just want to know who they're going to beat. First of all, first of all, who are they're going to beat? The the Heat better treat this next game like Game Seven because this is their Game Seven. They have to win it here. They're not going to Boston and winning Game Seven, right? No, I, I think they can win six or seven, to okay. be honest with you. I think,
2: uh, I really believe that, uh, uh, listen, I said that the Heat are going to win by 15. This series, nobody has any clue who's going to win this game tonight. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't You mean think tomorrow night, right? Tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow night, yeah. But nobody has any who's going to go and win this game six. Um, but when it comes to a Game 7, I think all bets are off. I don't think that's right. I think you think Boston's going to show up. Boston will be favored like they have been in every single Boston's game of the series. Six, They've it. been favored in every game of the series. They were favored to win the series when they were down 0-2. I have to lose the first two at home. They were favored to win the series. Down 0-3, I looked and go, you know what? I'm going to put a little money on the Boston. Not worth it. Don't even remember what the odds were. It wasn't even worth your time of day. Now, and they were down by three games, and it's never happened before.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I listen, I don't know. I Come think, on, is this going to be the one out one one fifty time? You. I'm rooting for Miami. Because, but now, with no, LeBron. now I was rooting for Miami. Now I'm rooting for him to lose. Does this
2: now do... I want to see the collapse. No, I'm serious. <laughs> I, was all, I wanted to see a sweep. It's never like happened double in sweep. the NBA. No, now because of like this back and forth i want to see a total collapse it's
0: never happened or at least come down NBA. to
2: the last shot in game 7 of oh my god it almost happened well yeah i mean
0: cuz you really don't care no like, I, I just want to see you don't really don't care. it's
2: been it hasn't been fun to watch it went down 0-3 nobody even cares about game 4 game no. 4 whatever it goes back and it's lopsided game 5 lopsided well, it's not fun to watch it right now like I, for a it, while this will be known as one of the best series ever Based on a five yes, minutes at the yes. end of Game Seven,
0: it looked like for a while all four conference six. finals NHL, NBA, all four conference finals were going to yeah. be sweeps. Now I you know. got the one Dallas. Dallas survived last night in overtime, getting the goal, so they they're now three one to the Knights. That's, I still, think that, the that's still not yet. That's just delaying the delaying delay the inevitable. I agree, yeah. but that's what we Occy's were saying. A little here. tougher. The problem here is is the Celtics the Heat are a better. Is good, yeah. The, the, the Celtics, Celtics are, the are a
2: better seed. team. I, I sat. My supervisor is a huge Celtics fan. They're down 0-3. And I look, and I go, I go. I would never say this about anybody else, but they're a better team. They're the only, one of the few times in history a team has ever been down 3 and been that much, not better than the other team, but been that good all season. Oh,
0: they're better. They, they are better no, than the other team. But they
2: aren't, right now, today, they are not like heads and shoulders above the Heat. They I, have think, see, I been, think the Heat might be coming back down to earth. On paper, they are. They should be. But right now, you're right. The Heat... We're so streaky and They're all year. Coming back they down they earth, are right? who they have been all year. The toughest, they've been they've been streaky, and right now I think they are on the down. They may be able to scrap out one more game well, to get into the, to the, the finals. And then what? They
0: get swept or losing five to Denver? But Probably he, right. But if Jimmy Fuller scores four yeah, five right. tonight, that that's the that. Because the, the, up, up until last night, I think the, the toughest challenge he'd faced for the Knicks. But but you look, you're right. But you look at the other
2: end. You and I want to say maybe he will be held back, but. Is Tatum going to not have another game? You tell me there's not going to be a game in this series where Tatum just goes off? Because every other time, he says, I step up when it matters, right? Talk about it mattering. Well, yeah, I mean, the 21 I, points. He I, play can be, no, but it can be in the last five minutes. He showed that where you're going to have a crap first half. Yes. Put up 24 points in the last, you know, uh, quarter and be you know have one of the best games you've ever had. Now,
0: does the sweep of the Lakers does that make you view LeBron now LeBron no, played great? No, it doesn't affect no. anything, right? No, that, no, no, idea. no. no his he I don't he want to argue was with and you about I hate that.
2: and I'll never say you know you don't really hear me hype up LeBron. He was he was elevated yeah. to me okay. by where they were this season, not even supposed to go into the playoffs because the whole Jordan in, crowd will, they will play, say say he got swept? They played into this tournament. They ended up run making a run on the table
0: down to... Yeah, yeah. They weren't supposed to do anything this year. They, they were up, And then and they, they run
2: up year. against a team that nobody is even rating as what might be one of the better players that we'll ever see play a season and especially a postseason. Now, a 30-point triple-double guy. Like, you're out of your mind. Yeah, so i okay. LeBron, then crybaby. But the, yeah, he's crybaby in flops. He does. I'm not worried about the, the flops. flops. I'm not worried about the flops. flops. I'm not worried about the, the flop, flop was I'm worried pretty about bad. The, no, Did no, you no. see the flop? The flop was <laughs> awful. It was the post-game press conference. I'm gonna start talking about retirement now. This is day one yeah, yeah. of I'm going to spend the rest of my career talking about retirement. Yeah, yeah. I hate I don't it. know if I'm going to play
0: another basketball game again, you know. I got to think about but, it. Um, no, I'm, but I'm playing it, with it. my son. I'm definitely playing until my son comes. But nobody took it seriously, right? The nobody. I, did you see anybody that took him saying that seriously like the he the might retire? Thing? Oh, the retirement. No, no he just right? did it to take the to take all of it off
2: of uh of the Nuggets. He wanted them to have nothing. It's their first. Trip them to the Nobody talked about the Nuggets. They were like, "All right, the Nuggets are moving on. That's nice." Uh, but LeBron, he said he might retire, and everybody's like, "Oh, you got to be kidding me!" Now, um, hundred million on the table. Yeah, he's going to give it away. All right, so right, I'm not now, taking the hundred million.
0: Now, my, fa- my favorite thing before we get to our, our guests coming up in just a minute, because we'll do that. We'll do that in a second. My favorite thing. In sports right now is the Florida Panthers. They were now just for, if you don't know the whole story, seventy two hours before the season ended, they were basically you know, okay. We have, we're still alive, but we need to win our last two games, and we need massive help. They needed a collapse from the from the Penguins. They needed the Islanders to give them a little bit of help. They got it. They they squeaked in. Then they're down three one to Boston, the greatest regular season NHL team that we've ever seen scored the most points they were 43 points they're down 3-1 they come back force a game 7 win it in overtime then they run through the Leafs which we're going to talk about with our guests in a minute then they have a four game sweep in the conference finals of Carolina and this is how that series went four overtimes game one they win game two they win in overtime 2-1 game three they win one nothing, game four they score a goal with four seconds left in the third period so a power play goal, four seconds left in the third period to to go ahead and win game four and complete the sweep. Now they're in the finals. It's gotta be the most unlikely thing, except the only thing I can compare it to is one of those, yo uh, St. Mary's. No, the, the, the only, the, the only more unlikely, runs. the
2: only more unlikely run is you getting all those stats right in a row without <laughs> yeah, I, looking I at your stuff. Right.
0: That, right. that, right. that was it. That was <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> I told you it's my favorite thing right now. I'm You just be like
2: this. I was like, "There's no <laughs> way." I'm looking. I was like, "There's no way." All in on the Panthers. Oh I'm my god! There's no way. I'm watching it. I was like research, bro. It wasn't even research. Listen, because
0: research I would have forgot. You've never impressed me once.
2: You've never impressed me once on the show. You impressed me today, right there.
0: I got. I'm like totally I, mean, that, that, I, got, yeah, I can't believe know, I did that.
2: And I I'm don't right. know if any of it's true because I'm so no It sounded <laughs> totally legit. It's a I saw the goal. The only thing I saw a was the goal was like four true. seconds left, and they oh, scored it in to win it. I, I don't know about anything that happened they before. Sing, they sing blink. Is, they play you, blink
0: one eighty two songs, and the whole crowd, when it goes off through the next whole next play, sings the whole song. Bob made it sound amazing. I'm into Whatever it. happens, into whatever the really
2: happened is I
0: don't even care. <laughs> That's how that it happened. It was good. I am into the Florida Panthers because, to me, it's just a great story, and I love the NHL anyway. So now it's time. Let's get to our guest. Uh, his name is Kevin Tibbles. You know him from NBC News. I know. You, listen. A lot of people don't know. I'm also a news junkie, politics junkie. Does everybody know that? Uh, I yeah, think so. Yeah, no, yeah most. Yeah, the people who don't like you <laughs> specifically know that. Know that. Yeah. <laughs> He's also a sports commentator. So yeah. he did the five Olympics. Let's get to that interview right now. This now we're joined by. Uh, I'm excited to have this guest, Brett, because I'm big into news, politics, everything like that. Uh, he was a NBC News correspondent for 25 years. He was from. He was. You know him from the Today Show, from Nightly News with Lester Holt. He is covered everything from Princess Diana to Obama's inauguration, five Olympics. Kevin Tibbles is his name. Kevin,
1: thanks for joining the show. Thanks for coming on, Kevin. Well, thanks for having me, guys. And, um, you know, within all those years that you just discussed, 42 years in television, uh, I still am waiting to see the Toronto Maple Leafs win the Stanley Cup. Yeah, yeah, listen, you'll you'll see it. I don't know. I as
0: a Ranger fan... I didn't think I'd ever see it. '94. I still hold '94. I was 13 years old. Near and dear to my heart. It's one of my. It's my favorite team, the '94 Rangers. And you know what kind of stinks though. Now that you get older, when you get older, it's not the same. It's not the same. I had it in the prime, age 13, prime sports fandom. It's a little different when you get older, right? Because we're waiting for a meth one, but you also expect it to happen again too.
1: At that <laughs> point, you don't know how hard it is. Um, it was, what, 29 years ago this week that it happened in New York, and I can tell you I was standing outside uh, Madison Square Garden uh, working for the CBC Canadian Broadcasting at that time because the Vancouver Canucks were in the final, um, but I understand some guy who made his name in Edmonton said we're going to win tonight or something like yeah. that, and, uh, I saw Messi, I saw Gretzky and Messier win uh win a cup in Edmonton. I was based out there for a while. Um but yeah, that was a big night. I actually ran into David Foster, you know, the big composer guy. A mm-hmm. uh, guy, a big composer. And he was uh, He was about the most dejected guy coming out of that uh, arena because he obviously is from Vancouver and a big fan, but big night for um New York that night, uh, I was 10 years old the last time the Leafs won the Cup. I think maybe I I had to go to bed at the end of the second period. I can't remember. you, But because you invited me on. (laughs) There it is. Look at that. There it is. I'm I'm holding up the Export A band now, cigarette advertising. Export A Maple Leaf Gardens calendar from 1967. I can name all those players. I even got a few of them to uh, autograph it for me. Now, you. Uh, so it's, uh, so you just, I'll, I'll hold back the rest of my day. So, you just missed
0: the dynasty where they won the three in a row. In so, what was it, 62 to 65? Well, th-
1: believe me, then I really. I probably had to go to bed at the end of the first period back then.
0: <laughs> yeah, I believe it. I believe it. Now, you've covered a bunch of Olympics. Now, you were at the. Uh, were you at? You covered the Vancouver Olympics. Home soil. Crosby gets the game winner. How big was that up in Canada? And explain, explain to them, were you at the game?
1: I was. This is a great story. And uh, so thank you for asking me to, to reflect on it. Um, of course, it was a big game in Canada. Everything, when it comes right down to it, listen, hockey is an international game now. But when it comes right down to it, what else can Canadians boast about except, you know, maybe inventing the paint roller or something? And um, that's not a knock, but... <laughs> I was. I wanted to go to the game. I was assigned. I had to go to a ginormous beer tent to watch the game with thousands of uh, fans. And I was hearing stories. Uh, this is a true story. I heard that people in the Vancouver airport uh, were refusing to get on flight. And they were all in the bars in the airport. And they were going around saying, you know, Mr. Jones, you're going to miss your flight if uh, if you don't get on the plane. And uh, and people were just saying, forget it, man. We're not getting on, and and everything. Anyway, I was at this beer tent, and we had a big uh, satellite truck there. I was doing live hits into the uh, into like MSNBC and stuff. Um, but I was there with uh, because when you have an Olympics, a lot of police officers come from all over the country to do security, and in Vancouver's case. Um, they had them all staying in uh, like a cruise ship out in the harbor. And two of the cops that were um, assigned to protect our satellite truck, they were from uh, St. John's, uh, Newfoundland. So they were members of the Royal Newfoundland wow. Constabulary. And they couldn't see the game. Um, and everyone was like, well, you know come inside the satellite truck, and they're like, well, we're supposed to be guarding the satellite truck. <laughs> they don't want to lose the know, vacation into, days. Yeah, yeah, and went <laughs> in to as you know. So I said, uh, listen, just come and stand in the doorway. And sure enough, the famous cry of Iggy goes out, uh, Jerome passes Sid, to the pocket goes in. Um, Who did he score on, Miller? Yeah,
0: I believe it was Miller. They left them open in front of It was, was kind of like a, a spinning... I, Crosby kind of spun and
1: swept it, swept it right under him. You know, and uh, anyway, that was the first day I actually kissed those cops on the lips. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they're still that telling the story. That must have been an amazing moment as a Canadian. They're, well,
0: on a, they're on a podcast somewhere telling the story about when Kevin Tibbles kissed them on the lips. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Absolutely. And of course,
1: I mean, the big thing, if you ever go to Newfoundland as a tourist, you're supposed to kiss a codfish and drink a shot of Newfie Screech, the... Uh, the rum, or they call it rum. It's more like pure alcohol. <laughs> but, you know, um, I covered that. Uh, you know, all of the, uh, you know, USA hockey, women's soccer, for example, at, in London. Oh, wow. um, those sorts of things. Uh, you know, Bodie Miller. Uh, it was a real, you know, at the end of the day, it was just a real privilege to be um to be there and, and feel the excitement for all those things. Do you get to actually see the the
0: events, or, do, or are you mostly like, are you working? Are you like, you know, working, preparing for stories and preparing for hits on live hits and stuff? Or you actually get to sit and watch a couple events?
1: Oh, I would always um, find my way into see a number of the events. I mean, the big ones. If you're asked to cover it, you're covering it. But then you know, in, in the in the in the in the in the zone they call it after. You know, um, you know, uh, Ryan Lochte, the big swimmer, for example, or Michael Phelps, after they win the event, they kind of do like a, horror, a, a conga line all the way down this line of journalists from all over the world. So you get to spend a couple of seconds with them, you know, pumping them with questions. You know, Phelps obviously was a very big deal to interview. Lochte was like a, you know, like a matinee idol looking kid. Yeah, he's a party. You know, I did some. I did a feature on, on him prior to the Olympics, where he would pick up empty kegs of beer. And <laughs> yeah, throw them. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like Ryan <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you never know what you are getting out of that guy. <laughs> but he's a hell of a swimmer. Yeah, going back over his head. That was kind of to simulate taking off from the, uh, you know, from the starters thing. So, yeah, I, a tremendous privilege, and a lot of them are really nice people. And of course, you know, uh, as you know, I'm a big hockey guy. I think hockey players are. The most genuine guys you can meet, especially when they get seventy-five stitches in the head and come back the next period. You know, yeah. Hey,
0: listen, I love the. I was just ringing off before we were doing. Uh, we do. We were recording something. I was ringing off the. I'm. I'm into the Florida Panthers story. Okay, I. I am fascinated. They were. They were, with seventy-two hours left in the regular season, they were basically out of it. I saw them play the Rangers in a shootout. They had to win. Then they needed a Pittsburgh collapse and Islanders to help them to get in. And then I mean, and then they're down three-one to Boston, forty-three points. They finish behind them, and just the way they've done it, I'm, I'm into it. Yeah, I, love I know good they beat you guys, story. but in five games. But I, what, what do you think about about the Panthers' story?
1: Um, as much as I dislike uh, Mr. Kachuk, I certainly wish he was on my team, and I think uh, a lot of guys. And then you know, Bobrovsky. I mean, come on, what is going on there? He, he, he didn't have a very good season. Well, the whole team didn't have a good season. Uh, I never expected them, uh, well, I never expected anybody to beat the the Bruins and nobody else expected anybody to beat the Bruins. Um, but I will say this, I think Paul Maurice is a real stand up guy as a coach and, and, you know, um, I'm kind of, I'm kind of pulling for him right now. I mean, you can go around, uh, well there's still 3 teams left now after, yeah, yeah, after yeah. Dallas one last night you know and um um but you know even you know I like stone on vegas there are a lot of guys out there like i have a really kind of strange sort of grading system when it comes to hockey yeah i love my team yes they didn't go all the way uh yes everybody makes fun of them and i think that's a part of the excitement you know, the, the jokes and the, you know, the, uh, the whole bit about, you know, losing to a Zamboni driver and all these kind yeah. of things. <laughs>
0: That's right. That's yeah.
1: right. He's part of the team, but you know, as it comes down and it was 93 since the Canadian team won, uh, Patrick won after the halves, you know, and then there's some teams that have never won like, uh, like Vancouver, uh, even Buffalo, for example, uh, Winnipeg. So I kind of go down a list. And then at the end, when everybody's been, uh, everybody's been defeated, you know, then I sort of start looking around for like guys that I think are class guys. I think Mark Stone's a class guy. I think it was a mistake for Ottawa to get rid of him, but you know, what can I say? I think Paul Maurice has been around so long that he deserves to win. Well, I'll be watching. In the beginning, I said, you know, this is, this is bullshit. I'm not going to be watching this (laughs) stuff. But you um, watch because it's cold to swallow. Yeah, it's great drama. The NHL it's playoffs damn, never
0: disappoint. They never disappoint.
1: Damn good hockey, man.
0: It is. It's great. And even the sweep. I was just saying before I go. The sweep was they won a four a four overtime game one. They won two one in, in overtime in game two. Then in game three they win a one nothing game and then they they score with four seconds nineteen fifty six in the third period. That I mean, every game is as close as you could get even in a sweep.
1: No, it reminds me a lot of way of um, a lot of ways of um, you know when Chicago won their first cup. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like, I mean, the one thing that I now that I live in Chicago, I've been blessed with three Stanley Cups here since I since I got transferred here from London back <laughs> in two thousand. But um, but again, like, did you think Florida was going to beat Carolina with no, Robin behind the net? No way. No.
0: Anybody that told you Florida was going to be in the Stanley Cup final, you would have looked at them and said, you don't know what you're talking about. They probably don't. Mm-hmm. But that's
1: the beauty
0: of it. That's the beauty of it. Now, eight years now, big moment, Olympic moment in this country, of course, is the 1980 Olympics, the the Miracle on Ice. It's 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 oh yeah, unbelievable. Set, eight do, you years, it, yeah, do you believe it? Yeah, do you believe it? You know, your miracles. Yeah, Al Michaels. Mm-hmm. Who? Listen, don't get me started on Al Michaels. He's basically mailed it in the last couple of years. But uh, yeah. 19, <laughs> in 1972, eight years before we played that that in that Olympics you guys in Canada had a Summit Series, correct? I don't think a lot of people know
1: about that. It's a big deal in Canada. Explain to people about that. Okay, that's easy. Um, Well, in 1972, there was obviously still the height of the Cold War, Um, and of course, the Canadians, I think, uh, you know, braggadocio or whatever, still thought that they were the king of the hill when it came to hockey, and there is always a world championship like the one that's going on right now that the USA is actually dominating. Um, and we would always lose to the USSR because, you know, they had all these guys on there and all those guys did was, you know, play hockey 24 seven and it was, they were army guy. I mean, it was like the Red Army team. but we could never send pros over to play them. So they always won. So anyway, Alan Eagleson, who, you know, has since kind of left the sport uh, under dark cloud. Set up this tournament in 72, uh, picked all the, the best NHL stars. Harry Sindham was the coach. 72, I would have been like 14, I guess 15. I was in grade 9. We watched all these games. The first game was in Montreal. Pierre Trudeau, the prime minister, came out to drop the puck. Canada came out and got two goals like that. Bing, bang, bong. It's over. These Russians don't even have <laughs> good states. They got lousy sticks. You know, we're... Stretch act. Nobody's ever heard of this weak guy and that. And then they came back and smoked us in the second, or third. We lost. Um, not to make the story too long. Canada won game two. It was a tie in Winnipeg, uh, and Canada got smoked in Vancouver. And that's the night that the fans booed the team. And that was before they went over to Russia to play or to the USSR. And they played three games, right? The- a nine game. Yeah, well. That's- the famous night in Vancouver was when Phil Esposito was being interviewed, and he said, "You know, oh, we're trying our trying our best, and the fans are booing us." Um, he he kind of swore on TV and had to apologize to the whole country for saying geez, on TV, which was <laughs> oh, a big wow. deal yeah. back then. Yeah, different. And then they that. went over. Then they went to Moscow, played at Luzhniki Ice Arena, a place I've actually played. Um, and uh, they beat him in three games and ended up uh, winning the thing and there was a big uh, hassle with the uh, secret police over there and J.P. Uh, Parise swung his stick at the ref because he thought the ref was anyway, uh, Paul Henderson number 19 scored the winning goal and that was uh I was in grade 9 and the, all the schools shut down to watch the game, you know Remember those A V carts they used to roll in your Yeah, We're we're old enough to remember those. We had those. (laughs) No, that's they rolled it in and I was in geography class and we all watched it. It was all grainy and the voice of Foster Hewitt, who was you know, the inventor of hockey broadcasting, kinda like Doc. Yeah, listen, Doc Doc I miss Doc.
0: I miss Doc crazy watching these games. Nobody's better (laughs) at their job in the world. I I I challenge somebody to, to name a somebody who's better at their job than Doc Emmerich was at his job. I mean, you really can't yeah. do it.
1: You yeah, know? well, he's been around. I think he started broadcasting hockey when he was like 10
0: years old or something. Yeah, but I mean, I could have been broadcasting hockey since I was 10 years old, and I wouldn't be Doc Emmerich, you know? <laughs> yeah. <that's true. laughs> when, yeah. When,
2: when you were on assignment, were you able to pick like assignments focused towards listen, I, I really want to see this sporting event, or I really want to cover this uh, so Were you able to um, make make those picks or have choices in those assignments I'm
0: Kevin Tibbles I'm going here yeah
1: <laughs> you know realistically probably not except that it was kind of uh, it was kind of kind of a running joke you know that I was the Canadian I was the Canadian guy so <laughs> they would uh, they, you know yeah when it came to hockey and Olympic hockey USA um yeah, I got, the, you know, so I can remember one feature I did up in uh, War Road, Minnesota, which is TJ Oshi's hometown. Okay. Um, he's got, he's got a lot of, well, maybe he will send me a free t-shirt if I say this, but <laughs> he's got a lot, he's got a line of clothing out now called War Road that's kind of hockey, uh, oriented clothing. Um, but he's related to, um, 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 oh my God, now I'm talking to you guys. Um, he's going to hate me for, his uncle played in the NHL. Okay, and um, and um, um, so we went up there to do a, a feature story on War Road, which is like the birth of birth of hockey in the United States, Minnesota. Uh, the Patrick Patrick brothers came from there. Christian Brothers, the uh, the Christian hockey sticks. It's all from up in that northern part of Minnesota. And I think when we were up there, it was like minus twenty seven below zero or something like that. Everybody has an outdoor hockey rink great hockey up there um they play the, you know they play their games uh um, on friday nights nobody locks their doors you could go in and get like 75 vcrs on one day one big scoop on a Friday <laughs> night, right everybody's house What what is that friday, night? friday nights <laughs> bufflin Buffalo uh bufflin uh big buff comes from up in that area too okay so it's real hockey and it was it was a real pleasure to be up there and do that. Yeah, I
0: went. To, I went to college in Plattsburgh, which is basically last stop before Montreal. And we, it is. Yeah, we used to go up to Montreal. Well, I mean, one because the drinking age was eighteen, but yep. also I would go up there every once in a while to see catch hockey night in America, or in okay, America, Listen to me, hockey night in Canada, or when the Rangers would go up. And I, I never went to the old Montreal Forum, but I did go to the, the Bell Center, and it, it's great up there. Yeah, I, lo- I loved watching Beautiful the games city. up there, the Bell Center.
1: No. Well, they, I mean, Montreal in particular loves their hockey. I mean, uh, I think they had the highest attendance in the NHL this year. Despite the, fact, despite the fact our team isn't, isn't very good. I wish them, I wish them well because, you know, without hockey, you know, if, if Mr. Bettman is listening, I know that you're going to send a team to Houston or somewhere, but, uh, the famous, you know, if you build it, they will come phrase. You know, Quebec City built a whole new arena to get the Nordiques back, and uh, it's sitting there empty. So, yeah. Well, they're talking.
0: They're, they're talking expand. I mean, expansion again. But I don't think they need to expand. Like these, these, they will always want to expand. All the leagues want to expand. I mean, that's what they want to do. They want more money, yeah. more, more money in the pot for them. But I don't. The NHL doesn't need to expand.
1: You know, they just expanded no. I'm, recently. I'm talking. Uh, I'm talking if Phoenix goes goes under. You know. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. But are they yeah. going to go?
0: I think. Yeah, they might go. You know what? They might go under. Now, um. As far as you you now besides the hockey and the sports, you've also covered some fascinating stuff. I was while we were watching the, the the Lester Holt the video when you retired, and I was like, this guy's got the greatest job ever. He's playing golf in in, in Alaska. He's drinking beers in London. I was like, what is this? This Is great. <laughs> now what, <laughs> what out of the uh, now that stuff had to be fun, but you also covered some serious stuff the the Obama inauguration, um, the Princess Diana. Walk us through what it's like to cover like a, a big world event like that, like an earth like a earth changing event. New Orleans following
2: Katrina, Katrina. That, uh, some some very heavy stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, first off, I think I should say that it's uh, it was my uh, life's goal to do what I was so fortunate to do, um, and I always wanted to be a foreign correspondent. That was, you know, all the way back from even before Peter Jennings, you know, in the the trench coat and all that kind of jazz. I, I, that's what I wanted to do. And I was very fortunate. I, I got to cover. Uh, I, I wasn't fortunate to cover both Gulf Wars or go to Afghanistan or Bosnia. I mean, it's not, I was fortunate to go, despite the fact that those were awful situations. Um, but that was, that was kind of my dream uh, was to be able to do that because I wanted to, I wanted to see things firsthand, and I developed into, I think, um, the type of storyteller that would—I could share those stories in in language that I think communicated very well to people who weren't there, um, what it was like, and what ordinary people were going through. And uh, so, I took great pride in that. The streets of you mentioned Princess Diana's uh, uh, tragic passing. I was based in London then, um, and I had two young children going to school. Um, and, you know, the whole emotional thing of, you know, buying a bouquet of flowers and taking them over to Kensington Palace, which was a sea of flowers. I mean, I don't know if you can remember that, you know, that that those days, but I mean, there's a sea of flowers outside Kensington Palace, and the emotional—you know—the the Queen dipping her head as Diana's casket passed by. Those are moments that, uh, you know, that I will never forget. Um, you know, I can share another one with you. Uh, I I worked with some guys over the years. A cameraman by the name of Herbie was a was a really good one, and uh, he 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 sort of taught me this this thing where. If you don't get caught, then just do it, and uh, <laughs> that's what we do at the baseball games. Seats, yeah, <laughs> that's exactly. What we do. Well, it's—I uh, can remember a day we were covering the, in London. There, there was a march of veterans from the Second World War, and they were all going to go behind into the the back of Buckingham Palace to have tea with the Queen. You know, there are a couple of thousand of these fellows are uh, veterans, anyway. And they were walking, and I was doing interviews them, with them at the time. And they, as they approached Buckingham Palace, you know, they have that big gate around the front. And then there's the forecourt out front where they do the changing of the guard and all that. Well, I said to my camera, I said, just get in, get in with these guys. And so we did. And we marched right through the gate onto the forecourt of Buckingham Palace. And all these veterans are there. And I'm in there. So what do you think I did? I called my mother on my cell phone and said, Mom, <laughs> uh, you're not going to believe where I, and just as I did that, this big hand comes over and grabs me by the shoulder and it's this big guy and he says, You know, excuse me, sir, what do you think you're doing in here? <laughs> like, we were marched out. I, I'm full of stories like that and, uh, <laughs> That's I don't want to. I don't want to overdo my time. You but broke, uh, you
0: broke the golden rule. The golden rule is to just look like you belong there. You're on the phone <laughs> yeah, with your yeah, mother. You don't yeah, belong there. That was you it. Know? You <laughs> broke the golden rule. But that exactly. were you? Were you like when you hit correspondent foreign correspondent? Is that something? Were you like? Did you ever want, like, aspire to take to get the, you know, the chair, the anchor chair, NBC nightly news, which is but one of the the most important jobs in all of news? You know, you got Cronkite, you got Brokaw, you got Brian Williams, you got now Lester Holt. Did you ever aspire to that?
1: No, I didn't. I did try. Uh, I did do some anchoring earlier on, um, but to be honest with you, it was the life on the road that I I wanted. I wanted to. I wanted to go to those places. I wanted to see what they ate. I wanted to see, you know, I wanted to learn to speak people's language. I can see, you know, I can say thank you or hello in like, you know, 25 different languages now. That was my privilege. I never had, you know, I mean, Broca, I don't have that gravitas. To be honest with you, I'm like, I don't even want that kind of gravitas. That's a tremendous burden, don't you think? you you know, and yeah. now less Especially I mean, less when nobody's
0: buying what you're saying for some reason. You know, for some reason now and I, I don't want to get into the whole thing, but like you uh, got you got Fox News lying, you got you got people like like People don't know what news is. They they not think that, like, these commentary shows, which I tell them, that's not news. The, the prime time on CNN and the prime time on Fox News, that's not news. That's opinionated programming. That's like what we do. With it's about the programs. in-depth
2: reporting and the things that that's what we grew up with. We didn't have the social media where you see everything where it is today. We got our stuff from watching you, from watching those in-depth stories on sports or on the news. That's where you got your real in-depth stuff. It wasn't just a brushing over of what was going on.
1: Well... I think you could say at least now everything is kind of fuzzy because you can't, you can't tell the difference between what's real and what's entertainment or what's news and what's entertainment or news attainments or, you know, I'm not making these things up. People have talked about this for a long time, but, but, um, but yeah, that's true. And, and the other part of it, of course, is what's important. Um, we don't know what's important anymore. Because every day we're told something else is going to kill us, you know, the <laughs> sky's falling, uh, so's my freaking bank account thanks <laughs> to the debt ceiling, conversation, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, is that important? I mean, is the debt ceiling important? I don't know. I mean, I, I
0: mean, they, they'll figure it out, right? They're, they're going to figure it out. The Republicans don't want to get it done because it's going to make Biden look bad. Yeah it's, yeah, it's just a game. But eventually you're playing games with stuff that's going to mess with the
2: U.S.'s credit it rating does. and things that really do have long-term impacts when it comes to them just trying to fight back and forth over whatever their uh, issues of today but are.
0: That's why I love politics. Right. Politics are kind of like sports. It's kind of like sports now.
2: Why?
1: Because you mean it's all BS? You mean or what?
0: <laughs> yeah, I was
2: going to be like, why? Because we never win. Yeah, that is, yeah, that no. sounds about right.
1: That's, <laughs> That's it, man. No, That's right. I, I walked into that I'm one. There, right. In Chicago, we're all a bunch of monks, you know. Yeah. <laughs> now,
0: do you think I thought? Brian, I thought now because of all the lying and, and this and that goes on. I thought Brian Williams kind of caught a raw deal. Him getting booted off out of the chair just for a single comment on a late night show about a helicopter. And I, I mean, I, I watched his twenty fifth hour show all the time when he was on MSNBC when he moved to there. But but he took a big hit, and that's a big you know credibility hit that he took. Do you think that was just? Did he think it was just? Did you speak to him about it? Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Well, uh, you're you're getting into sort of uh, tender territory here, <laughs> but I would say that, uh, you know, they made their decision. Um, I don't know. I don't know what he was thinking the night that he said that. I mean, the reality is he. He was in a helicopter, and they did go down somewhere. Um, and I was in Iraq at that same time, and we were doing things uh, in, in Afghanistan as well. So when that came out, I, I still don't understand why it happened, uh, primarily because I'll just, I'll say this, this will be my answer that's truthful, and it's about as close to an answer as I'm going to give you, and that is, if you are the anchor of NBC Nightly News, I don't know why you have to, would have to do that. I don't know why you would, uh, do you need more? Right. Is there more? What is it? I, and and that's always kind of confused me. Brian was very good for my career. Um And he was very good to me. He liked the way I told stories. I liked the way that he introduced my stories. He's the wittiest guy. Yeah. He's full of jokes. Love watching him. I don't know why, I don't know why that ha- I don't know why that would happen. And, and in terms of the punishment, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll go so far as to say this. In terms of his punishment of being, uh, losing the anchor chair, um, look what's gone on since. So, like, was he the beginning of that? Or is he just a symptom of it? Or is it people getting paid too much money? Well, look what's gone on, look what, what's gone on since uh, with other
0: networks. Oh, yeah, it's outrageous. Oh, it's yeah. outrageous. I mean, like, you, you say, like, oh, and I get why they did it. You can't lie. You, you can't say something that's untrue. Now you lost credibility. Now you can't come and sit in a chair every night and tell us the news because you did say something that was false.
2: But you better present someone more credible. You're right. The that way says. it's gone
0: downhill since. I mean, news, I, I would imagine news is nothing like today. Today's news is nothing like it was when you started out and when you started to want to be a news news person, right?
1: Yeah, probably not. I mean, you know, there's always been a political and financial influence in news. Uh, you look at uh, Citizen Kane, you know, which is a fictional, <laughs> you know, it's a fictional story, but it's still, uh it still sort of portrays what what went on. So you can go from Citizen Kane all the way to uh, Succession, which I'm almost finished watching this season. Love it, and you can, you can see. Uh, you know, I keep thinking, well, who are these guys on Succession? Like, who is he trying to be? Is he trying to be you yeah, know, yeah. Murdoch or murder, yeah. whatever? But um, I think once upon a time, there were three sort of legacy networks, CBS, NBC, CBS, and ABC. People watched those. I think they had a lot more faith in them. The advent of like, cable news has brought a whole new dimension, opinion. I mean, they used to have opinion on the local news. You know, Johnny Carson used to make fun of it with Floyd Turbo. And uh, and uh, you have, like, and now tonight's commentary is brought to you from, you know, Bob's, from Bob's Clothing, big and small shop down on, you know, Rainier Street. But now you can't tell the difference if it's opinion or what have you. And you have guys, you know talking about overthrowing elections and all yeah. kinds
0: of things. I mean, it, it's 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 the 24-hour news, too, that that kind of... Well, it, it's sensationalism. Everybody CNN gets, hasn't come back from a commercial break in 15 years without it being breaking news. And everybody gets to go and pick what their truth is. They each have their own
2: network, and everybody gets to go pick their own truth, and they can then hinge h- h- it, and they can always listen to what they think is uh, what's best for them.
1: Yeah, and you, I guess they call that siloing or something. Exactly. You, can all, you can live in your own... You can all go and live in your little commune where everyone agrees with you and you don't have to think about uh, anyone else's opinions or whatever. But um, uh, you should ask me now whether I'm a big consumer of news. <laughs> and uh, the answer is I am, but my goodness, it's so different being on the other side now as a as a consumer rather than a participant in all of that to the, the you know the stress is involved of, of putting on a half-hour newscast or Today Show, which is up to what, like four hours now in the and morning. They, and then you Hoda in the other one too, two hours worth of drinking wine
0: after, right? They, they, yeah, it's funny. They never <laughs> maybe
1: maybe it was because all I did was drink beer. Maybe yeah, that you was do at the pubs in London. You, they didn't need
0: Hoda, and I'm drinking in the studio. Yeah, they,
1: you know, they never had me on the set. Well, they, they did actually during the London Olympics. We tasted beer with uh, Savannah. I can remember. And Hoda. Yeah. <laughs> Did she
2: pretend to like it? And then after, she was like, yeah. Uh... Give me the wine. Give me the wine. Yeah, yeah it, wasn't, well,
0: it wasn't a Coors Light. That's for sure. <laughs> oh, well, that's good. I mean, I, listen, I don't drink Coors Light. Yeah. But, I mean, in, 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 now, back to the Leafs real quick before we let you go. Well, what what do the Leafs need to do? Like, here, here we got a big – Tavares was big here for the Islanders. I'm a Ranger yeah. fan, but Tavares was big for the Islanders. I don't yeah. know why they thought he was going to stay. I mean, he's been a, he like grew up a Toronto fan. He's a he's a Canadian boy. He's he went home. Right? Has he yeah. been disappointing? Has Matthews been disappointing? What do the Leafs need to do to get you a cup in your lifetime?
1: Well, I think it's pretty safe to say that uh, the big four, or whatever they call them up there, have all been disappointing in the playoffs. Matthews, Nylander, Marner, and uh, Tavares, Captain uh, Canada, or whatever they call them. Um, I was, you know, one of the things I'm, wonder, I'm wondering what they're thinking about now because when when they lost to Florida you know, everyone went nuts and the next thing you know uh, Dubas, the GM, gets shown the door so what's Florida then do? Florida goes out and sweeps Carolina so basically the Leafs which have been pilloried since losing to Florida did better than Carolina did Um, I don't know if they're, I don't know if that's going to be seen as a hasty move or not. I think Dubas kind of wavered in the beginning. You know, he said, I, I'm going to have to talk to my wife to find out if my family can handle being the GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs anymore. And I think when Shanahan heard that, it was like, well, come on. This is, you know, that's like somebody saying to me, do you want to work for NBC or do you, you know, or do you want to work local news in Peoria? And, you know, you got to, so no, no offense to Peoria. <laughs> We're big Peoria, yeah, but watch, watch out—you out. just <laughs> uh, trouble now. <laughs> but um, but the Big Four, uh, listen—they're a team that does. There's that thing you can see that thing in Florida, just as you saw it those years in the Oilers, just as you saw it those years with the Islanders and and, and Clark Gillies and and those guys, nice from those guys. There's something in there that they got that drive right. And unfortunately, the Leafs don't seem to have that drive. I don't know. They got those four guys, cost them a ton of money, and, and I'm sure they're trying their hardest. But they just there's that one thing that's missing. That Messier thing. That you know what I mean? Yeah, you, hit, you don't got to. Hey, we don't call
0: him the Messiah here for nothing. All right. Hopefully,
2: <laughs> hopefully this year pushes them in the right direction. They got a little more experience in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, he preach in a choir. I not, know. Not, he doesn't believe that know. We
0: could sit here and we could give him a hundred. I'm about a
2: Mets we're Mets fans. I'm a New York Jets fan. We don't win championships, so we <laughs> understand more than you know. Yeah, so yeah.
0: Um, tell us tell us a little bit about the podcast you have with uh who is it? Amy Goldberg. Believe in People is the yeah. name of the
1: podcast. Tell us a little bit about it. Well, uh, Believe in People is the name of the podcast that comes on once a week. Uh now I feel like Don Rickles on the Tonight Show here. And, you know, I'm playing the, i Sands in Las Vegas this weekend. <laughs> Don't want to come out. Um, but it, it kind of comes, it comes out of, uh, it comes out of my 40 plus years in broadcast news in that, and especially in the past, you know, since even before the pandemic, but with the pandemic, people are so cocooned. There's so much negativity out there. People don't seem to be embarrassed to shout, you lie, in Congress. People, you know, people are very, uh, I don't know. Well, you guys know what I'm talking about anyway. I don't need to explain it any further. Is that Things are just not very civilized. And Amy, who I've also known for about 40 years, um, comes out of the film industry. And we were talking one day and we said, you know, why don't we try and do something positive? Where we get uh, because I, I did focus a lot in my career on having regular ordinary people. I'm trying to put them on television to give them a voice because I you know TV is a mirror you want to see yourself represented. So we started this thing believe in people where we don't talk to people with big names. Um, we don't talk to very many politicians or whatever or movie stars unless. You know, if you're a movie star and you want to come in, come on, call me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I try to get Ryan Reynolds, but so far, you know, because you know he's at sports and whatever, um, and he's good enough. But um, so that's what we're doing, uh, and we're just trying to inst- inst- instill a-, a little hope back into our daily discourse. And you know, subscribe. I'll subscribe. To you if you subscribe to me. That's Give it. A that listen. sounds like a deal to me. Tell our me I'll, listen. Show you, I'll show you my podcast if you show me <laughs> We on. love it. Let's
0: do it. I love it. All right. His name is Kevin Tibbles. He did 25 years. He brought all types of news into your living rooms over the, over that time. You know what? I'm pulling for the Leafs a little bit the next couple of years. I'm, in. I'm For you. For you and pull for him. Uh, his name is Kevin Tibbles. Kevin, thanks for giving thanks, us a couple Kevin, minutes appreciate it.
1: Go Leafs, go. All right, how about
0: that, Brad? Kevin Tibbles, that was awesome. Was that he? Was, yeah, it was. A lot good. of people ask me, "Why is the news guy coming on?" What are you doing? I said, "He's a sports guy." We went you know sports. What? We got news. We got everything.
2: Just a good guy in general. You know what? Yeah, right. nicest right. The
0: nicest guy. Like,
2: it's a nice shame guy. we can't be on his podcast because he doesn't want famous people, though.
0: <laughs> total shame. He Doesn't want movie stars. So, oh no, yeah, we no, we, no. Yeah, we apologize. <laughs> Too late. But anyway, thank you to Kevin Tibbles for coming on. That would that that went just as I thought it would. Nice guy great information great stories and a, a long suffering Leafs fan which you know I, I listen we get it as Mets fans I get it as a Ranger fan back pre-94 so that pretty is that it? that's it for me where, right? where do you think we are by next week do you think we're watching the uh, Heat or the Celtics oh well, playing you know the what? Nuggets? I think we're watching the Celtics ah uh, no I think we're watching the Heat I'm going I'm going down with the ship I'm going to say we're we're watching the Heat <coughs> and, and get beat by Denver do you know what Straight (laughs) flip-flop. Heat by 15 tonight, I
2: said. Celtics win the series. We don't know what we're talking about. Celtics win the series.
0: Um, Enjoy your Memorial Day weekend. Summer is here. Listen, Mets and Yankees, let's get it into gear this week, all right? Be safe
2: out there, though. Enjoy yourselves. Be safe. Listen, you got to be around to watch our next Summer's just heating up. Baseball's about to get started, so don't be down. I'm telling you, Mets and Yankees are here to come. So thank
0: you to Kevin Tibbles. I will talk to you Monday with the wrap-up show. Brett, talk to you later. Enjoy your Memorial Day weekend. Talk to you on Monday, everybody. See ya. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to let everyone know by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or on our website at LockedUpSports.net. Remember, you can also find us on your favorite social media site, on Twitter at LockedUpSports, on the gram at Locked underscore up underscore sports. Join our Facebook group, LockedUpSports, or on TikTok at Locked Up Sports Show. Now you can catch all the latest from Locked Up Sports anytime. Thanks for listening.